I was actually bankrupt, but still I stay put, have the resilience to fight back. The next level of growth happened. My motto was, let's deliver value to our customers. People will notice us. It happened. I started with Wipro, got Motorola, then I got Texas Instrument, then a portion of IBM activities. Entrepreneurship is a mind game. This is the 51st episode of Dream 100 Show with Mr. Tapan Kumar Datta, a serial entrepreneur. Welcome to Dream 100 Show, listener. I'm your host, Savita Hosamani. Each week, we interview today's most successful and inspiring business owners with winning teams who had the courage to chase their dreams in spite of all their challenges. Join us as we bring you everything that goes on in the minds of successful business owners during decision-making process and gain insights to make smarter decisions. In today's episode, we talk to Mr. Tapan Kumar Datta, who founded Upasana Advantage, co-founded Surewaves and a healthcare venture. He had a good stint in the corporate world and then he quit his job and chose to walk his own path in the business world. He spotted opportunities and converted them into revenue generating streams in every venture with patience, passion, and a dedicated approach. Enjoying the journey has been of utmost importance to him. Till date, the company Sure Waves has filed for more than 30 patents in this arena. His revolutionary experiences in his business journey are of great learning for every entrepreneur. So let's hear the winning team secrets from him right here, right now on Dream 100 Show. Welcome to Dream 100 Show, Mr. Tapan. It's truly an honor and pleasure to have you here on our show. Thank you so much for inviting me. It is a pleasure for me as well. Awesome. So let's get uh, started. Would you please uh, share a bit about uh, yourself? I was a fairly good student in my college days. And then uh, I joined ISI Calcutta, which is a premier institution. I was very much mathematically inclined. And those institutions only take, you know, if you're very strong in mathematics. Subsequently, I, you know, came to Bombay. You got my first job, which is a multinational advertising agency called Grant, Kenyon and Eckhart, which was a worldwide agency for Colgate Palmolive. So that gave me a very good exposure because they hired me because of my mathematical background and they put me onto high-end uh, multimedia planning, which is basically assessing how much money to put in various medium where they are planning to advertise and what could be the optimum return out of it. After that, I went to a company called ORG, which is a very, very well-known leading market research organization at that point of time. And I was involved in some of the very important projects like uh, NRS, which is National Readership Survey. And uh, subsequently, from their Bombay office, I handled uh, quite a lot of prestigious clients like Glaxo, uh, Philips, companies like that. And then, you know, I was very actively involved in a product launch called uh, Wilkinson Blade. Wilkinson Blade is a worldwide, uh, very, very famous blade. And they were planning to enter into the Indian market. They gave the 
uh, research activity to Varji uh, to assess the potentiality of the product and how the product should really uh, be launched, etc. And it was a very interesting exercise. After Varji, I joined Wipro because eventually I was realizing that the IT industry is going to be the big thing programming and all, I wanted to enter, make a career in the computer industry. Of course, by that time, what has happened because my career went into, not into software development, but mainly into marketing, marketing research, media planning, etc. So I I was selected in Wipro and I, I would say it was a great thing that I got into Wipro. It was the right time to get into Wipro in 1982. Uh, but I was in the marketing department, marketing services department, where the primary role would be to support the entire sales and marketing team on various marketing communication work, marketing strategy related work, planning related work, etc. But the experience have been phenomenally good. And I was lucky because, you know, that was the time the company was in its formative stage of in the IT. It was otherwise an established company, the other brand in the consumer brand. But IT, it was relatively new. It was just a few crores company in 1982. Uh, and then the you know growth started happening. But the learning in Wipro was great. 89, I left Wipro and joined a company called Digital Equipment Corporation. Digital Equipment was the world's second largest computer company, next only to IBM. That time, it was a $13 billion company. And it was an opportunity. And again, I thought that having worked a, in a leading Indian company, I wanted to get a feel of how does it look like working in a multinational. And that was the reason I thought I'll take that offer. Uh, many of the Wipro people were there and obviously they called me, why don't you also come down? And that's how, you know, the IT industry movement happened. And it was, again, a different kind of experience. But I would definitely say that, you know, my journey in Wipro was great. That really was my formative years. Uh, which helped me later on become an entrepreneur. Uh, this is my journey as far as my career is concerned. And then, of course, in mid-90s, I launched, in the sense, my first company I formed. It was a risk, definitely, because that, those days, you know, uh, the ecosystem was not so much so ready to support uh, small companies. We hardly have any funding coming from anybody, and uh, things are not that easy. But still, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I thought this is the best time to start it. Though the journey was not that easy always. Mm-hmm. You were working in very good uh, companies. You had a very a bright future, but still you chose to leave that and then start off on your own as an entrepreneur. But uh, now looking back, do you think it was a good decision what you took yeah, I would definitely say it was a good decision. Simply because today, what I'm enjoying and the you know level I have come up, that is for sure something I enjoy. But that's not the only thing. Maybe if I would have made a good career in a uh, IT company, probably I would have grown up the ladder and probably would have made money. But the point was, I enjoyed the journey mm-hmm. more than anything else because it gave me a completely different kind of exposure. That is something I value a lot. I think I enjoyed the journey. It mm-hmm. is not the journey was smooth. It is not that always everything was going in our favor. There are very many times where I was actually bankrupt on the verge of you know having nothing, but still I stay put, have the resilience 
to fight back, overcome that, and the next level of growth happen. I would see that this journey has really taught a lot of lesson to me in my life, and it really was a roller coaster journey. There were many highs, there were equal amount of lows, but that always happened in most entrepreneurs' life. Can you tell us like what were the lessons that you learned during this process? And just see, this is a very challenging environment. Of course, uh, you learn a lot. Growth is there and uh, learning lessons are there. But it is not safe and secure like as in a job. So what is it that drives a person to quit all this and go behind this? Okay. Let me first explain a little bit about, you know, the kind of business I did. Then I will be able to relate to your questions that what made me do it and what made an entrepreneur do it. Now, mm -hmm. my first venture was an advertising agency because in Wipro and Digital, I was in charge of marketing services and advertising is a part of it. As a result, I have constantly seen that IT companies, there is a need for creating proper advertising. And there, there was a challenge because even in big agencies, you know, the copywriter never used to really get a feel of the technology products. I'm talking about early 90s. Scene was totally different because they were particularly the bigger agencies were more focusing on the consumer product. Mm -hmm. So first is I understand that there is a need for an organization that could cater to this specific requirement because we used to spend hours to explain to agency people uh, about our products or technology and things like that. And because they were not really from the technical background. Now, to me, because I have handled technology products and I had a reasonably good grasp of uh, technology, plus I knew advertising pretty well by that time, working in agency, research organization and computer, I decided to do this. This attempt was successful. Because if you, let me share the truth, I, that, those days salaries were very low. I used to earn some 5,000 rupees a month. I mean, it was considered to be a good salary. In early 90s, 5,000 rupees used to be a good salary. And even my manager probably used to get some 8,000 or 9,000 rupees. That's how the world was. And when I started, all my savings after working for more than 10 years is just about a lack of rupees. And that was my corpus. Now, there's no bank loan because nobody will give you a bank loan. And this concept of venture funding was nowhere nearby. So with that one lakh rupees, I took the risk. That means I have to survive and make the company sustained and profitable within a very short period of time because I still need to hire certain people. And luckily, before starting itself, I planned it well. I sourced my people and we created a three or four core team member complementing each other. Because that's a very important thing. And the business started. It started growing. Pretty fast. Matlab, I, of course, I have the advantage because I have an ex-Wipro. I have a lot of friends across various IT companies. They all started supporting me. Okay, you have started. Let's see what can do. And they, I had a good reputation in the company. So, you know, people trusted me. The trust factor was there from the day one. So I got bit of Wipro business. I got businesses from many other IT companies because one of my friends joined Motorola and he immediately said Motorola requires something hoided to start working for Motorola. Then seeing those ads, I started getting even call from companies. Very phone called me uh, saying, you know, your ads are good. 
we also require to do something so my positioning was very clear i was focusing purely for the it companies see one good thing was that was the time the software export was just started you know picking up and most software companies i noticed that they wanted to have advertisement to source people it became an hr function but it became a challenge to really get the best of people so that became the very very lucrative market i said to me right now survival is the most important thing and therefore i will focus currently what window of opportunities is opening for me and very quickly we spotting that opportunity and doing good work because my motto was let's deliver value to our customers people will notice us and that's exactly it it happened i started with wipro as i told you i got motorola then i got texas instrument then i started getting a portion of ibm activities but ibm was slightly different i will explain because this was not in the hr function and then we have got very phone we have got uh, you know many other uh, companies but that give me the initial cash flow and i could started growing and i very quickly organized ourselves i have strength in multiple areas we are very strong in product launch events exhibitions advertising communications and all related communications and then i organized it with three or four focus and then it started growing that was my first uh, you know journey second thing i will tell you that look this give me a you know whole lot of learning Uh, as to how to position myself and how to really acquire new customer uh, how to really create a good team uh, because team is very important for an entrepreneur's uh, you know life so all these lessons come okay. now coming back to your question that you know uh, was it right for me to leave that company and what is my learning uh, first of all i feel once you start something your mind should be focused you should not regret you should not keep feeling that look you know i have done it wrong moment you allow that negative thought to come in high chance that you will fail because you will keep always so i never repented yes i had a sacrifice on lifestyle definitely because with very little money you are starting to do you can't expect the salaries of uh, you know lead companies so i have challenges and that time you know my son was just born a small baby at home and wife was not working so things were not that easy for me but i still kept going so i think that that's important now this learning happened and then slowly i realized that look the point is i should make it big you know i should not think what could have happened if i would have done this no that chapter is closed that door is locked i will not look back i could have any time consciously deliberately decide that at least i will give a give a fair chance of 3 to 4 years of struggle before i really decide to go back if i really fail luckily it didn't happen for me but that was the growth phase came we up to you know 7 8 years we constantly have a steady growth we become profitable and very visible agency but that is the time i realized i've come to a stage where i have to think of diversification now generally i don't advise people to really diversify at an early stage simply because one of the key thing and key learning uh, which any entrepreneur should realize that to succeed at an early stage your entire energy should be focused on one single goal if you try to do too many things it is near impossible to manage it that is obvious because 
you don't have a big team. You don't always have the best of people to join you. So you have to do a lot of work. Second, you don't have too much of money support, too much of funds flow to really experiment. You have to survive with whatever limited you are doing. So once you feel that you have achieved that critical mass and you are stable, that is the time you can look into diversifications. And that also I'll tell you the why we look for diversification and organizations should do. See, a specific field that one has chosen, that field may not grow beyond a certain limit. And my case also I realized a creative organization cannot scale up very fast. See, you had very good clientele. And you had a very good team and customers were happy with you. In spite of that, uh, you felt that you were not able to scale. Okay. I'll tell you what the issues were. See, scaling requires certain things. Now, suppose you are in a machinery business or a product manufacturing business. And there you are doing something which is good and there is an event for that in the market. Then... To scale up, you need to invest heavily on infrastructure, hmm. better plant, innovative plant, etc. But when you are in a service business, you are in a people business. And again, your investment has to come on people. Now, here, the problem I was facing, to be honest, is it is not easy to get high quality creative people continuously who will be able to contribute to that growth demand. We have very few good people. They are exceptionally good, no doubt. They contributed a lot. But my most important challenge was I will not be able to replace them or I've not been able to really create the second line of very good creative people who could meet that demand is point number one. Second, market started changing after some time. See, we, we are doing certain things. We are growing steadily as a small company. That growth is, suppose, you know, initially I made a 50 lakh turnover. Very next year, it become 1.5 crore. Then it become 3 crore. It started doubling. Then it become 6 crore. We ultimately became a, almost a 15 crore company, which is good, which is, you know, which is not bad. But if I have to think that, look, can a 15 crore become 100 crore in that market? That is difficult because market potentiality is not that high. Because I am focusing in a very, very narrow focused niche market. And this market do not have that uh, size. So that is one. Secondly, I also realized that moment the first recession we faced in 2002, first thing that get affected is advertising. So while I was operating at a moderately good revenue, one recession, my revenue in the next year dropped down by 40%. Then I realized, you know, it's risky. Hmm. Because it is not something that I can control. External parameters can change it overnight. That's where I started looking for diversification. That is the reason I failed that, look, I had to do something to protect myself. So the mentality works like that, an entrepreneur mentality works like that. You want to protect yourself. You want to ensure that you don't completely fail, blindly trying to do something. Well, hmm. you have to check the signals. The signals are evident that, okay, more and more effort, I put, I will grow marginally. I will not be able to scale because of the so many other parameters significantly. That was the realization. So then I quickly awesome. diversified. My first was to make sure, you know, my family is protected. My wife also wanted to do something. Went into a franchisee. We took the franchisee of Black Bay. 
that is still runs and it's a very successful venture because it's one of the top uh, uh, omen saloon in bangalore then by 2006 again you know i was looking for what else by the time we were a multi city agency i have offices in chennai i have offices in coimbatore i have offices in bangalore so it is doing moderately well and we also tried to now go away from pure technology to that of consumer and other kind of an activity though i would say it took me time to really develop those skills because we are predominantly known as an it company what the advertising for uh, it company so 2006 i started first my first venture came that was also a very interesting project interesting company called shiroets uh, along with two of my expert colleagues i started it and that is also to some extent technology and advertising together once you diversified what were the skills that you felt that uh, you need to upgrade yourself because uh, here you are looking at a different uh, kind of market so what uh, kind of upskilling from your side uh, was required okay in advertising i was fundamentally into b2b space now when i started shorewebs that's also fundamentally into b2b space it was not really into b2c plus to that extent alignment was easy secondly uh what skill we have to learn so one has to have an ability to accept that change is something which always happen and therefore one has to learn i always invest in myself by learning acquiring new knowledge first adoption that we had to do is that i was more focused on print medium but sure it was a medium which was purely on focusing on television medium so the medium change was one so that we had to learn but the fundamental skills were there because it was only adapting that into a slightly different environment but the selling techniques remains the same where i was selling for advertising services here i'm selling for basically two channel partners for advertising so to that extent i would say you know the i need not really upgrade myself near completely different area but yes one has to invest learn and then adapt then only the growth is possible in a diversified area but if the diversification is in a completely different area that require definitely more effort but normally how we tell it most entrepreneur handle it is not that the entrepreneur has to know everything mm. they hire good people they take the best in that field and then give the entrepreneurship outlook to them but the core competence come from those set of people now that set of people could be a part of the company as a partner or it could be a very you know well paid uh, individual working etc but that that's the skill one need to have because it's impossible for one individual to learn everything and grow Yeah, right so now uh, we see that uh, you have uh, diversified your business and then uh, in this business were you able to scale up whatever you were not able to do in your first venture in this venture were you able to scale up yeah that was better because first i will tell you thing uh, because there i was more focused on creative services my product was creativity but when sure it was started its focus was 
more on media. It was more of a media technology company. And let me quickly explain what focus it was there. And that also shows that, you know, plan changes. When we enter into the market, we are wanted to be in the out-of-home segment. Out-of-home segment means you will see a lot of televisions in uh, large apartments, malls, etc. That's what we wanted to do because that's the market going well in China and other markets. But very quickly, we realized that it's not a great place to be in. Money definitely will not be able to do anything great. Though we tried, we went some corporate orders, everything was fine. The best thing that we did with scientific thinking and, you know, team meeting and, you know, inputs from some of the key employees that joined us from the industry that we should align ourselves, not in this market, but in television segment. And there we quickly find an opportunity. And that is how entrepreneurs really grow by, you know, spotting problem and solving that. The problem here was in cable channel business, we were a zero source catering fundamentally to the cable channel players. And cable channel business, we noticed that a cable channel earned money through two ways. One is the, you know, the channel being subscribed by people. And secondly, they have a channel of their own where they've sold a lot of latest movies and their own programs, etc. And they get advertisement out of that. But they had a problem. The problem was they were not being able to this channel of their own, like whether it's a Hathaway, then or City Cable of Calcutta, they're not been able to get enough advertising because they lack the proof of advertising. See, advertising may you cannot really scale unless you show it's audited. See, print media, what happened? We give a voucher copy, people see the printed ad has come and the bill is cleared. But what will you do in television? You need to have an authenticate but proof. That's the problem we solved for cable channels. Through what we did, through their entire cable channel programs, used to go through our server. And we developed that technology which gives authentic proof that a particular ad has run at so and so time. Now, once we solve this problem, then it became easier for them to go to larger brand. And we took that piece of the business. We said, okay, we'll bring larger brand. We'll bring Hindustan Levar, we'll bring Hero Honda, we'll bring Philips and companies like that. And that's where we focused and we succeeded. We, we created a product called Spot TV Network. Spot TV Network was nothing but aggregation of number of cable channels. And we are very successful, I would say, uh, because, you know, 70-80% of the cable channel people tied up with us because they saw the potentiality. They liked the technology and we started growing. And today we are a fairly big company, you know, we are 60 crore plus and, you know, the run rate will probably touch about 100 crore, close to 100 crore. So it is good. Of course, so that's why I would say that here the growth was in a different arena, but growth was possible. Second, here, you know, uh, the most important thing is here we could raise money. We struggled for three, four years, but then we realized to scale up, we need money. And that's the time, you know, I also learned a lot by constantly meeting venture fund groups, presenting as a team, you know, three of us used to go meet. And then fundamentally, after three, four years, years of struggle, uh, we got funding. We got funding. First one was from uh, NASCOM Innovation Fund, about a million dollars. And then we got funding from Axel Partners, uh, which also was came at a fairly good valuation. We got about 
trend crore rupees, almost $2 million at that point of time. It was, I'm talking about uh, 9, 10, 10, 2010 to be exact. So, so that's that's the scheme. And subsequently, it scaled up because Canon Partners invested at a fairly high value in 2014. We got a very good valuation and we got an infusion of about uh, $35 million. Awesome. $35 million valuation, sorry. And mm-hmm. we got an infusion about 20% diluting. We got about close to $7 million. Mm-hmm. Still, it is a fairly good amount uh, to get in uh, terms of investment. So you have actually been through the entire uh, process of uh, what even today's uh, generation face, like, uh, right from ideation, spotting an opportunity, from struggle uh, to survival to scaling up, identify few qualities which every entrepreneur should have before uh, they start a business. Uh, first thing, I think the most important thing for any aspirant entrepreneur is that entrepreneurship is a mind game. Now, you have to plan it, plan it very well. I would never advise someone to get into a business without do a thorough planning, invest that time, do relevant research, if necessary, speak to potential customer and plan how the entire business should span out. Unless you do this exercise, you will get a lot of shocks once you start. So first and most important is do your plan well, very well, understanding that entrepreneurship is a mind game. But that is just one piece of the puzzle. Suppose you do all that and then you really get into it. Then you must have the ability to execute that plan well, very well, because it is not that you can execute something if you don't have a plan. And secondly, if you have a very great plan and if you do a poor execution, you are bound to fail. So both are equally important. That understanding has to be there. They also need to assess themselves. What is their strength and what is their weakness? Because moment you are entering into a field of entrepreneurship, there are, suppose, let me explain in both the parameters. Suppose you were working somewhere as a senior manager and you want aspire to be an entrepreneur and you decided to go there. First difference he or she will face once they come as an entrepreneur that look, while you work in an organization, a lot of things are taken for granted, which you don't bother. Your salary come on time. Okay, your infrastructural things are already there. You only focus on your area. Suppose you are a sales guy, you only focus on sales. Or you are a finance guy, you day and night you work, but you only work on finance. You don't have to bother anything else. But the moment you start on your own, you have to bother about many other things. You have to bother that the company perform, and therefore sales has to be there. You have to bother to acquire new customers. You have to bother to manage your money. If money is not uh, managed properly, even if you have a good idea, soon you will run out of money and you will have a problem. You have to hire and get the best of people and ability to manage people and create a good team. If these abilities are a must for an entrepreneur to succeed. Now, once again, I am not trying to discourage anybody. I'm trying to say that actually entrepreneurs is a gate, but just that, think over it. And then 
Suppose you analyze yourself and you realize that these are my strength and these are not my strength. You must be able to complement that weakness by hiring people or taking co-founder or taking partners who have that strength. Suppose you are very good in sales and marketing, but you hardly have good exposure in finance. Then you definitely have to have somebody who is strong in finance. Similarly, you are not a technology guy and you your concept requires a strong technology background. You need a techie to hold the whole thing together. Similar or vice versa, a technocrat who is very strong in technology and want to start his business, he has a great idea, but he has never done any marketing or sales before. He definitely had to complement by someone who has that skill because he may have a great product, but if he does not know how to take it to market and how to sell it, then again, this, this would not succeed. So these are certain things an entrepreneur must analyze before getting into an entrepreneur. As you said, uh, because they want to complement their strengths or weaknesses, they get into a team and they form a team. But we have seen that as the business grows or after a few years, uh, these uh, teams also start breaking down. Like what are the things which uh, a person who is leading the show, uh, who is actually in the driving seat, what? things or the traits they should have so that they will be able to manage this entire team and take it together? Okay. It's a good question. See, generally what happened when you start an organization, you are in at a level where you have an extraordinary gym because you really wanted to succeed and you put all your energy, effort and take the ship off the ground. But then it comes after the takeoff, it has to sustain at a steady space. Now, many entrepreneurs I have seen that they lost that steam because they don't, after some time, they feel it is not challenging enough. Maintaining and sustaining it is a different kind of an activity than taking it off from the ground because that is where you update all the channels. Now, such entrepreneurs, what they should do is definitely they should create a team good team who can sustain it. Now, mainly the scaling up problem happens on number of parameters. Initially, your energy and enthusiasm make everything happen, but that can only happen at an early stage. To scale up, you need strong systems and processes. Mm. Otherwise, things will not happen. You have 10 customers, you are managing somewhere. But if the 10 customers has to go to 100 customers, first of all, you cannot handle it yourself or a small team cannot handle it yourself. So you must be able to create a system and processes that 100 customers can be serviced. That is what is required and attention to. Scaling up requires planning. Scaling up requires attention to systems and processes. Scaling up requires ability to hire constantly good people in the organization. And now to answer, to keep them together, that's also a skill. You have to energize them. You have to motivate them. Why would a team be with you if they are not finding it motivating? And I can give you many examples during this discussion (laughs) that look how people, you know, organization who are very successful organizations, how do they do it? How do they really keep keep the spirit alive on a continuous basis? Okay. Now, let me first 
talked about Wipro itself because you know Ajim Premji was very very focused on one thing I think which made the company very successful that is people focus. He was absolutely clear that to create a good organization you need best of people, and what we all enjoyed as a part of the company is that our peer group was excellent. They were really uh, screening was so good in all parameters. on intellect their skills qualifications background values all these are very they gel very well so i think that is one thing an organization must know to create a great team then that great team must be utilized properly and by mm-hmm. utilization i mean that there should be constant challenges for them to look up to because if you are a bright guy you have all the skills and very soon you were realizing that you were not been able to grow you feel frustrated we have a lot of great policies they used to rotate people every one or two years a guy i mean to people who are really doing well they get opportunities to do various thing a sales guy who is you know in sales for quite some time he will be switched to a completely different functions like hr for some time very very different way of you know building leadership but that that was something he used to enjoy because challenges then give new assignments you are working in a smaller area then you become regional manager and then you completely change line so organization can do this because organization themselves are growing and constantly exploring newer opportunities you are tying up with see we produced to do lot of tie ups with large companies then it used to diversify from hardware to software opportunity organization create opportunities for its people to grow and get challenging assignment on a continuous basis i will give you another example uh, let's take 3m 3m have more than 60000 products you know they have a culture culture of innovation it's called culture of innovations they focus on how to solve customer problem they have a focus department called problem solving as a mission they meet they discuss the problem then once they identify problem they a team constantly focus on how to solve that problem and then it goes to a high impact group which try to launch the solution in a very planned manner within a specified definitive time frame but all these are planned secondly the company always encourage innovation they are one of the few companies in 1916 they create a profit sharing model wow mm. uh, just think in 1916 they are creating a profit sharing model so employee don't leave and good people get a share of profit a concept see, today is up and all are common but in 1916 it was not that easy that's why they have been always able to innovate great products bring it to the market and employees enjoy see employees stay when when they enjoy the journey when they always feel that they are getting something new to learn they are feeling that they are growing constantly now a organization which can bring as a leader if someone can bring this together then you will not have the problem of team disintegrating makes a lot of sense see these are big companies which have the 
bandwidth to share or uh, have this uh, kind of rotation schemes or renovation schemes but when it comes to small companies like uh, who are uh, growing companies with few employees uh, within 100 to 200 so in such cases um, what do you think uh, a person uh, should do to hold the team together tune in to part 2 of the interview to listen to his answer which will be broadcasted next week i thank mr tapan kumar datta from the bottom of my heart for taking out time to share his wonderful insights of business wisdom gained over the years here are my top 5 takeaways my first takeaway entrepreneurship is a mind game my second takeaway every entrepreneur should learn and invest on themselves if they sincerely want business growth my third takeaway business scaling happens only when systems and processes are in place fourth takeaway keep the team spirit alive by focusing on people and creating a culture of innovation fifth takeaway enjoy the business journey thank you never lose out on an opportunity to learn about cultivating your inner strengths on dream 100 show we strongly believe that life is just a play we win some we lose some we miss some and we mess with some so enjoy your journey and play to the fullest thank you so much for listening to this episode of dream 100 show and now make a smart decision of taking the next step towards building your trust and your dreams don't forget to subscribe to dream 100 show and leave a review on apple podcast Share your biggest takeaways with us and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. For more details, shoot an email to us. This is Savita signing off and catch you soon in our next episode. Bye.